You are listening to Paths, a program by LGBT Tech. Paths works to create visibility of LGBTQ plus STEAM professionals and their experiences in order to build space for future generations of community members to pursue their passions in STEAM. My name is Kristen Kelly. This episode of Paths is brought to you by LGBT Tech. Today we are joined by Brian Mobley, who is a project manager at FusionSpan. Hi, Brian. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm good. Thank you. Um, could you please introduce yourself and include your pronouns and your profession? My name is Brian Mobley. Um, my pronouns are he and him, and I work as a digital project manager for Fusion Span. I identify as a gay, um, and then I definitely add in a black, um, if you can't tell, um, man. I find that not only just um, being gay, but being black as well definitely shapes who I am and my experiences because I have a little bit of a different um, lens that isn't always typically seen in um, the popular culture and media. I was born and raised in Florida. Um, my parents are Floridians um, on both sides, um, and I'm actually a seventh generation Floridian. Uh, how I grew up here is in South Florida, so um, Florida is kind of um, it's a little bit of a um, little bit of a cultural divide because when you get from Orlando southwards, it's kind of a little bit more like a New York type of vibe with a lot of a mixing pot to it. My family comes from the Panhandle of Florida. Um, Tallahassee um, in um, Madison, Florida, and that's a little bit more um, of the South. Did you have any role models either within your community or outside of your community as you were growing up? The role models that I had growing up, of course, I would say my parents. As for gay role models, I didn't really have any that I knew of at that time, but for my um, gay role models for me, I found in literature um, within um, the novel, the works of Patricia Cornwell and um, Elin Harris. Um, Patricia Cornwell, her um, protagonist in series, Kay Scarpetta, she um, has a lesbian niece, um, Lucy, who's just a kick-ass and um, worked in tech and um, just did everything and I admired the crap out of her. And then um, Elin Harris, his protagonist as um, closeted um, gay black men trying to um, accept themselves and live with uh, and live in a way that didn't um, hurt their environment and help them. Um, that was something that um, helped was a guiding light for me. And so, do you feel like those books help you kind of realize your your gay identity, or did you already have a sense um, and an understanding of your um, of your queerness at that age? <laughs> um, I actually knew about that probably when I want to say three or four. The Little Mermaid was really big um, at the time. And I just remember being a kid and everyone being head over heels over Ariel and I could not care less about her. I was into Prince Eric and wanting to get on the ship and travel around the world with him and his dog. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> 
that's such a sweet like way to to recognize your queerness and do you feel that you had access to queer spaces as a young person did you uh, feel like you kind of had any queer community as you were growing up or to be honest not quite uh, not quite as I got um, older and when I got into college I definitely was able to find more of a space for myself um, but when I was younger it was mostly church family in school so um it it wasn't a lot of um queer spaces at that time if i describe my um profession to someone that's never heard of it before um as i said before i'm a digital project manager um basically what i do is i work with clients and resources to um, create digital deliverables and make websites run um quicker and better at FusionSpan, we work in the IT association space, so we work with a vast variety of um, national associations, whether whether it be the um, American Psychiatric Association all the way to the um, AstroTurf Association. And yes, they actually do have a national AstroTurf Association. They are my clients, and I work with them um, in um, helping optimize and um modify their websites and their um, user experiences so um, people can do things of make a payment for their um, membership as well as um, them being able to gather um, information to make more strategic um, digital ad campaigns to target um, certain certain markets so that's what i do Um, my day-to-day pretty much consists of daily stand-up meeting at nine o'clock with 15 to 25 people. Um, Not only um, a couple of resources here in the United States, but in Nagpur, India, in El Salvador, Mexico, and then also in um, Toronto, Canada as well too. So I'm always talking to people across various time zones all throughout the day and coordinating their efforts. And can you talk a little bit about where your interest in ad tech came from. Do you remember like your early interest in, in that field, getting into that field or like at what point in your life you realized that that was something that you wanted to pursue or study? My earliest experience of being exposed to ad tech or even technology in general comes mainly from my father. He is a software computer engineer, um, has been since the seventies. Um, and I remember being early as three years old and playing on Prodigy, which was an old, old school internet um, platform. And um, that's where I fell in love with being in front of a computer and wanting to do that the whole time, as far back as I can remember, um, being able to uh, have computer time when when my parents first allowed it. Um, And then from there, um, my dad, um, teaching my brother and I about the internet when we were younger. Um, the earliest memories I remember was him teaching garbage in, garbage out. Um, and then um, as we got older, explaining and letting us play around in uh, a couple punishments that we had growing up of learning C plus and C plus plus. Can you then talk about a little bit about your educational path into the field, whether that's been a traditional educational path or not? It was traditional in the sense that I did go to a uh, four-year university. Um, Granted, I had a little bit longer of a gap year for a while, uh, just because I um, always 
was working full time and going to school um, at the same time. So it was a little bit longer. Um, but to be honest, when I um, graduated, I didn't, I didn't see a position as being um, a project manager, it, definitely in IT. Um, when I graduated, the advertising industry was still um, under the notion of whatever we put in print, scan it and put it on the computer and that's the website. And then within like three years of me, um, working in the industry it uh, was a complete 180 to whatever we have on the website television radio print all need to drive to that um and it became um funny because the interest that i had of um making groups and um making events and helping my friends and um my fraternity at the time um get people involved in those um, was a social interest and then that became more of my professional. It was in college that I, I started to see that it was um, that social media and especially um, Facebook at that time it was um, it was, had opened up so everyone could have a Facebook account not just college students so um, being able to see that space and how it was being utilized that's when I was able to um, see that there was an opportunity there. Um, I didn't really get to see it enacted until I actually started working at my first agency. I like to say the first agency I worked for um, was my boot camp of where I learned my professional and social skills. It was a bit of a, um, a good old boys club. Um, and I definitely learned that um, how to quietly get things done that I needed to get done and um, to be more of an asset at the time. When it came to the technology and as it started to shift, that's where I was able to exhibit more of my knowledge. And then um, I was able to find a lot more confidence in myself um, and my professional skills as well. Can you talk a little bit about your experience, whether it be that job or in college, about as a younger um, person who's part of the LGBTQ plus community in this field, what was that experience like? Going to school at UCF and being in the Orlando area, um, Pulse Nightclub was my home and that was a place that I felt safe to be myself and to be uh, out. And um, it gave me a lot of confidence um, in myself and just being in that community when I moved back down to the South Florida um, area, the agency that I was at was in Fort Lauderdale. So we were less than a heartbeat away from the Wilton Manors area. So um, I was able to uh, associate with a lot more um, gay and lesbian um, people um, just living in the South Florida area. It was, um, it was welcoming and it was a good respite because um, in my professional life, I've always been out. Um, I told myself um, when I was a kid, um, especially reading those Elon Harris novels, I didn't want to be like one of those protagonists that was living in the closet. And so I um, immediately uh, would never shy away from the question of if I was gay or not. Um, and then as my dad would uh, say, you got to accept the consequences as they roll in. So um, there was a bit of a stigma that I had to deal with for a while of um, being out and especially in my 
company meant that for the first year and a half, I was in a department full, filled with women um, because as a as the HR told me, um, as a gay man, I would be able to identify with them and get along, uh, which that was not always the case. So um, it was very um, interesting just having to advocate for myself sometimes and just reminding people that what they were seeing on television um, isn't necessarily a portrayal of or a depiction of who I am. Yeah, absolutely. And do you feel like over the past 12 years now, the industry has has changed? I feel like it's a lot more um, a lot more welcoming, especially as the younger generation come of age and um, they start taking their places within the industry and um, older people retire. Um, it's I'm seeing a lot more um, people that identify with the LGBTQ community and I'm amazed by that and I'm always happy to see that because um, it was it used to be a quiet hush hush under the table um, pretty much when I started out. Have you always felt comfortable being out in the workplace? If we're talking about the beginning of my career, no, I did not feel comfortable being out in the workspace. I felt like I put a target on my back because um, I already had one of being just a black man in a predominantly um, Caucasian field. Um, and so I already had that target and then being, um, and then outing myself as being gay um, put a double target on my back because I normally, most people um, at that time wanted to try to put me in the stereotypes of, oh, I'm your best friend. I'm, I'm your, um, the incredibly wise person that can magically come up with uh, a solution for everything, uh, or that I'm very good at decorating interior design, none of which I'm not good at. Uh, but um, I definitely had to fight a little bit more to prove who I was and let them know who Brian was as a person. But I would say within the last five years, I've seen it, the scene change where it's a lot more welcoming, um, especially now, um, even with my um, the um, company that I work for now, if you were to go on my Zoom account, I proudly put my pronouns out there and I encourage everyone else to do theirs as well too. So um, I can identify them um, accurately and, ex and acknowledge that. So. Based on your personal experiences, do you feel that STEAM fields pose barriers for entry for marginalized communities in general? And you can talk about that kind of generally or, or specifically to your experience. I do believe that, that there are um, barriers of entry for um, minorities when it comes to the STEAM program. Um, those strides are being made to bring to break down those barriers. I still feel like if there's even one barrier, um, that's still one too many. For me personally, growing up, if my parents were not in this um, the steam industry and that wasn't their um, personal passions, I can't imagine or can't even tell you where I would have, have been or ended up um, because it's so ingrained to who. I am. I remember my father fixing and building computers when I was a kid to um, 
my mother, she was, um, she worked in the arts for a little bit. She always encouraged my brother and I um, with pursuing music, um, as well as her personal passion when she became a um, teacher and especially focusing on science and being a biology teacher. Um, heck, she still calls my brother and I up and will ask us questions like, what does uh, uh, the mitochondria do? And I'll be like, well, it's the powerhouse of the cell ball. And she's like, okay, just wanted to make sure so I can tell my eighth graders that my 30-something-year-old kid still knows what that means. So That's amazing to have that those role models as well to like encourage you to be in those fields and to kind of make those fields more accessible to you. Do you feel that people from marginalized communities bring something to the STEAM field. So not just what STEAM fields can bring to us in terms of, you know, all the, all the benefits that there are of working in those fields, but what do you feel that people from marginalized communities bring into these fields um, that would be missing if we weren't part of them? Oh my gosh. Marginalized people bring so much to the STEAM field um, that it's, it's kind of hard to even describe, but I would just say their life experience, in my terms, I bring with me my life experiences, my way of view, uh, viewing things, my unique perspective that sometimes would get lost. I think of um, the most prominent example in my mind was I was working with Sapient Nitro and um, we were working on the ADT account at the time, helping them switch their marketing approach from being a um, traditional white family um, being verbalized by a person of color um, to being uh, to being able to ex- show that their security services were meant for all types of family and family being um, being open to not just one mom mom one dad to being two moms or a single parent parent or even a minority family um, living in an upper um, an upper class um, household. So um, it was cool to be a part of that and being able to be one of those faces that was there to help um, change that narrative. So, Based on your experience, in your opinion, what would true equity and inclusion look for, for look like for LGBTQ plus people in STEAM? I think what it would um, look like is a safe place in an environment where people didn't Think twice about like what your identity, uh, what your identity was, or how you identify. Um, at the end of the day, it comes down to the skill sets that you bring and the solutions that you bring to the table. Because I know for me, as a project manager, um, what I encourage from my resources is yes, I want to hear the problem, but let's think about the solution and where and how we're going to use that to address the problem. And when you're thinking about that, then it's it becomes more of an inclusive environment. Some of the things I think that would improve the uh, improve the space, especially for the LGBT community and just on um, diversity in general, is um, going beyond just the checking boxes in companies. Um, Make like making sure that you have a Zoom background for um, everyone's identity. That's that's great, but taking it a step for um, further than that, um, making sure that um, practices are um, being monitored, and you're making sure that they're not just just um, they're not discriminatory. Um, just 
being vigilant of, of that, making sure that you're not only identifying, but you're welcoming um, a person's identity in there. If it's even small as remembering someone's pro, um, pronouns or just remembering that some, uh, that I might have a partner and asking about, hey, how's your partner doing rather than just um, treating it as, oh, that's his social life and outside of work, um, realizing that I'm a person and that um, I'm going to be Brian, um, whether it's from nine to five and outside those business working hours. So I feel like those are some things that we can do um, to just make people feel more included. What advice would you give to your younger self? And what advice would you give to people who are in the LGBTQ plus community who are interested in pursuing their passions in STEAM? Okay. I would just tell myself three words. Um, believe in you. Because um, to be honest, at the time when I was growing up, like I said, I didn't know that this path and um, even this position was available to someone like myself. Um, so and I didn't realize that everything that I was learning and all my interests and my passions would be perfectly suited for the career that I am now and the path that I'm trying to uh, pursue. Um, so I, that's what something I would tell definitely younger Brian. What I would tell um, others, especially um, younger, starting out in the community, um, you're gonna make mistakes. Um, you're not always gonna know what's right, but as long as you are true to who you are and at the end of the day, you feel good about what you've done um, and, and what you are capable of doing, then that's all that matters in the end. And just know that uh, life is, <laughs> life's a journey and it's ironically um, funny because uh, sometimes you end up right across the street from where you first started out from. To learn more about the PATHS program and how to get involved, visit our website at www.lgbttech.org paths.